am Rainy of the Just Barbarian Things podcast, and today I'm here to play Orrery of the Wanderer, the adventure included in the Acquisitions Incorporated book with my friends. To my left, Santiago, playing Warforged Fighter, Carl 14. Pleased to meet your acquaintance, everyone. Like usual, I haven't come up with a character voice yet, so this might evolve over the course of the game. We'll see what happens. It, it is fun. always fun when your character voice changes. Yeah, I know. Just yeah, <laughs> apropos of nothing, everyone's lost, no idea what's going on. And Part to the charm. left of my left, we have Jessica playing Verdan Rogue. Duck. <laughs> Quack. <laughs> It's a cute animal. It's a delicious. sound piece of advice. Yeah. It's delicious. The, just duck is so versatile. I think so. I'm, I'm yeah. happy. If you fry french fries in duck fat, they are amazing. That's true. That kind of sounds amazing. Yeah. We'll hit up Cogstone sometime and you can we, have Yeah, some, we can get some after. Oh, yeah. With the salsa ah. there? Isn't that that place? Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty good. It'll be fun. All right. Um, for... Those of you not familiar with Acquisitions Incorporated, it is a Dungeons and Dragons setting that focuses on playing in a corporation um, that does adventuring professionally. Uh, so characters are going to have roles within the company at certain points, which give them extra abilities and stuff. Um, and generally, it's pretty silly compared to some settings in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, for those of you already part of the Shadow Council, may our labors please you and forgive me for su- trying to summon some of Jareford K. Horcrum's um, DM Daddy energy with that intro. So, DM Daddy. He is the DM Daddy. Yeah. Sexy. Spank it. He doesn't like it when they call him that. You guys, stop. <laughs> Not for the recording. <laughs> Alright, today we'd like to thank our patrons that were in July. We're in our Rage in the Machine level. So Alan M and Jesse M. Thank Aww. you so much. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. And if you are interested in joining their ranks and supporting us and helping us play new adventures and all sorts of fun stuff, you can check us out on patreon.com slash just barbarian things. You never know what might happen. All right, I have to pre-get some of the potential handouts you may have in this section. Get them ready over here. Uh, nerd pre-gaming. It's not drinking before you hit the club. It's getting handouts before you hit the adventure. <laughs> Did you just come up with that or have you been saving it? I was off the dome. Nice. Off the dome, baby. I like it. <laughs> so before we get too far into this, since I told you there's going to be handouts. Yes. Um, since you're a corporation, you need a file system. Yes. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Um, so I have made you this lovely file folder. Oh my god, you're so organized. I love it. <laughs> um, it's like rainbow and everything. This is Duck's file for all your character-related stuff. Yay. Got Carl 14. Got employee profiles go here. Maps, franchise or quest-specific information, and general information. I can feel like how like glowy and like excited <laughs> my face yeah. is right now. Look how awesome this thing is, because you pop it open, and then you're like... 
no, it's great. No, it is very cool. We're so good. That's how it's all very. Stop. Like we went school supply shopping, so I got some. Supply yeah, shopping. It's the best. <laughs> it's like, it I is. It totally is. The bag of school supplies that you gave us for two semesters before we had to go <laughs> shopping what? for me at least. Because you gave us your like extra. Like, oh, because I had like uh, when I moved. Yeah, because yeah, I had like doubles of like all. Because yeah. I love school shopping. Yes. Yeah. It's very fancy. That thing is awesome. All right, I love it. So, you are both, you've traveled to Waterdeep. So, I'm going to give you the map of the region. And this is, you'll notice Waterdeep's at the bottom of the coast there. That's where you guys are currently. You are here. But we will use that to talk about where you're headed in future parts of the adventure. Okay. Mm. Yes. And any handout that I give you, any piece of paper you get, you guys can write on or note on or whatever you need to. Those are yours. You know so. how I know that I can do that? Because you did already? Because I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's your calendar. We decided that we have started in the month of Myrtul, the melting, which is our rainy spring season. So there is your calendar. So it's Myrtul showers ring... Kythorn flowers? Yeah. The time of flowers. Oh, hey! <laughs> Coincidence? No. No, not, not even a little bit. No, that's what we picked that way. Because you, you said April showers bring my flowers. So we picked the April equivalent in our Ferunian calendar. Um, so that's where we are. We're kind of like start of spring, kind of yeah. mid-spring, if you will. Um, you'll notice that months in Faroon, for those of you not familiar, um, are basically like three weeks long, but you'll notice that instead of a week being seven days, they're a ten day. So you'll notice that people don't call them weeks, they call them ten days. Um, and it's literally, instead of Monday through Sunday or whatever, it's first day, second day, third day. Oh, that's nice. So it's very straightforward. Um, big holidays usually occur actually between the months. So they're not on the calendar proper. So you'll notice right before this month, there was a big holiday festival oh, cool. between those two months. So the next month doesn't start until the festival is over. Right so it's pretty neat. All right, so you are in Waterdeep. Again, it's the big kind of coastal trade city on the Sword Coast. Um, you'll see all sorts of races, all sorts of stores and markets and things. It's a really easy place to find things that you need but it's also as the big city is a location that is home to a lot of these big corporations that do adventuring and you both know that as new adventurers one of the ways to get access to better jobs better funds and kind of access to more services and things like that is to get in with one of these corporations. So that's what you're here doing. So this is, in case you need to reference it at some point, the map of Waterdeep proper, the city of splendors. So as far as like in this world, mm -hmm. uh, Waterdeep is like the biggest city? Like it's, cities where on levels or is it like a... So I would say in this area, Waterdeep is the biggest city for okay. sure. Um, there are other trade cities. Mm -hmm. Waterdeep is definitely like the big one though. Okay. Yeah. Cause you have Neverwinter to the north. You also have Baldur's Gate, but they're not quite as fantastic as okay. Waterdeep is. All right. So, um, that's, yeah, that's basically what we're looking at with that one. So. Running around in Waterdeep. Yes. If we ran into 
a completely adorable but horribly deformed goblin <laughs> named Laika Baus. Uh-huh. That would be such an amazing coincidence. If <laughs> <laughs> we ran into Laika doing her thing. So, <laughs> you guys have been asking around because you can't just walk in usually to the headquarters of these adventuring corporations. You need to find an inn. So you've been talking to people, or at least listening to people, as you've been going through this area. So I need you each to roll a d12 to see what sort of things you might have heard about happening in town. And each roll a d12. So I just need my whole set out, basically. Get your dice together, God. Yeah, prepare thyself. You know, you didn't roll a Valigor character yet, so... Okay, we don't know what duck actually sounds like. That she true. could be a valley girl Verdan. Yeah, that's, a Verdandical girl. Oh my god. That's actually true. <laughs> that so might be what they sound like. I'm just struggling to not mix it up a lot. Hey, hey, hey guys. <laughs> I'm back again. Mm-hmm. I'm the same character with a different skin. <laughs> I made a deal. <laughs> Dirty little kobold. AKA the awesomest character yeah. ever. Who even Nyx is great? Nyx was such a rad character that the miniature for Nyx rolled was, stealth. Yeah, was dropped on the floor and immediately <laughs> disappeared into another realm. Oh, like no. it, That was so sad. That was, right. At least we have a picture. We have That's like a true. really good yeah. high res picture. Yeah. So it's okay. That's true. I like to think she's in a better place. Yeah. So anyway, I'm rolling a d12, you said? Yes. One. You've heard, Carl 14, that Omendron is one of the fabled masked lords of Waterdeep. And his presence on the council has created great changes throughout the city in a good way. You know that Omendron is the CEO of Acquisitions Incorporated, which is one of the big corporations you guys are looking at. But that's what you've heard. Rumor has it, he's one of the masked lords of Waterdeep, which is part of their governance, basically. Right. All right, what was your D12? Let's try to strategically turn my page. No, you can. Uh, six. Six. You've heard that a killer is stalking the streets of the North Ward, killing people in daylight. From the rumors, it's said that the victim's feet are chopped off as if by a powerful blow with a sharp blade, and then they're decapitated. But the heads are left behind, the feet are taken. Sounds familiar. Sort of a nude calling card, you might say. So they cut the feet off and yes. they leave the heads? Yeah. They cut the feet and the heads off, but yeah. they leave the decapitated head with the body. They and they take, take the, the feet. Fucking do with feet. So Wait. those are some of the rumors you've heard while you're asking around. Um, but eventually, part of your asking around, which is probably mostly duck with Carl 14 just sort of following behind and glaring at things. Yeah, um, are you glary? Are you like, oh. Not like shiny Larry. Well, it looks kind of like this. Oh, okay. Except much more colorful, and he wears some clothes. Oh, okay. So this is the, the general appearance. This hulking metal monstrosity, the exposed parts of the wooden fibers, mm-hmm. 
or lacquered a shiny blood red. Oh. So shiny that it almost looks wet, where it hasn't been chipped or damaged or similar. And the clothes he wears are uh, around his waist, almost in a kilt-like fashion, is a scrap of banner from his old regiment Mm -hmm. that he has that is a keepsake, held in place by about four long belts, like Game of Thrones style belts, where it goes around your waist, has a ring, and then has the the hang down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's like four of those dangling. And from those, he has a a few daggers and a match set that is a short sword and a dagger that are very ornate and when held up together appear to resemble the jaws of some great carnivorous beast. But other than that, he doesn't appear to have any visible weapons or anything like that. Okay. And he's very colorful for a warforged. He's not your typical drab gunmetal and red. Right. His colors are vibrant in this gleaming steel with red accent and along each sharp edge there's black and gold trim with a ridged like mohawk of almost predator style dreadlocks that are black and red with gold like crimped cylinder style beads along them. You know, if so you he's could very maybe just put some thought into your character. Flamboyant. So you haven't, you know, I don't have any active imagination. Yeah. I can't come maybe up with stuff. I just, yeah. No, that sounds really cool. I like it. I, I wasn't picturing that. But is he like, is he scary looking like, or is he just kind of neutrally? I would say that he has a permanent scowl on his face he's like resting bitch face just like in the same sense that iron man has that like perpetual like frown right he's concentrating on a school project or something like that (laughs) like like that sort of look but it's not a particular animosity because when you look at everything like it's a threat then nothing is right that's just how he looks okay all right but he is very like holy shit, you know. What I mean? Yeah. And if he had any idea that it necessarily mattered or was a right or wrong thing to do or whatever, he might like buy like a big old cloak to drape himself in. Mm-hmm. But it, thought hasn't even occurred to him. He kind of strides around, seven feet tall, hulking and huge, just tromps down the street <laughs> like he owns the place. Fair. And he wears a kilt. Yeah. Which works, because I play bagpipes. Yeah, that's true. So, Duck, Jessica's character, it, for those of you who are not patrons and didn't hear our character creation episode, is a Verdan, which is the new race for Acquisitions Incorporated, which is goblin-like with jade-colored skin. So, where did you put yourself on the height range for those guys? Are you a shorter? Shorter, yeah. yeah. She's about so three closer feet. to about three feet, you yeah. know. So yeah, definitely a, a, a little bit of an odd couple here, but the adorable kind. Mm-hmm. So your inquiries into internships and like franchise opportunities with Acquisitions Incorporated have actually gone better than you could even hope they would. Um, there are some ridiculous rumors that you heard while you were asking around that interns at Ack Inc. aren't always treated well, that 
they die at an alarming rate, you know, that sort of thing. But you don't really believe any of that because you got into the head office and so far everyone there is being really nice to you, even treating you with kind of like deference, referring to you as like honored heroes and things like that. And you're shown into this elegant conference room. You're given food and drink, um, whether or not you eat or drink, <laughs> like high quality oil and lubricants. <laughs> um, Wait, I didn't know it was gonna be that kind of part. Um, I left that attachment in. And home. you are asked very politely to wait to speak with none other than Omen Drawn, founder and CEO of this organization, to be requested to work with Acquisitions Incorporated. They're so happy to have you here. And so you are waiting in this boardroom style conference room right now in this building. So I'll give you, this is an idea of kind of like what sort of area slash building you are in. This is kind of what it sort of looks like. Mm -hmm. Santa makes fun of me because I say kind of all the time. <laughs> or kind of. So it doesn't actually look no, like this. No, it's kind of like that. It's kind of. It's like a tribute. Sort of. Yeah. This is not the building. This is just a tribute. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Gotta believe me. Yeah. I wish you were there. It's just a matter of opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't make me get into song lyrics. I'll do it. So is there anything you want to do before anyone else enters the room? I mean, this is where we've tried it. Like, we want yeah. to be here. It's not like we. This is where you've been trying to get in, and yeah. it worked pretty quick. Yeah. So I, I think I feel pretty good about that. I'm going to. Are you sitting down in like a little? Well, there's. You said they chair. brought like food and stuff, right? So, so it's like a big boardroom table, mm -hmm. and there's like these platters of like meats and cheeses and fruits and like pickled fish and dried fish and like all sorts of like local delicacies. There's um, crafts of wine and things like that. Just. Various. I think I got real excited about the food. But I'm just like, kind of just like, mmm, delicious, and checking everything out. And Sampling the various delicacies. Yeah. And I'm, all, I'm not always like up on up with what's actually food, so I'm like, oh, a napkin. Yeah. I'm like, kind of like mazy. There's like garnish and stuff, like <laughs> yeah. flowers and bases, and eating those. Mm. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so it isn't long before the door to this conference room opens and an intense looking half-elf in plate armor enters. Um, he looks something like this. He kind of looks like this. Oh, I like his nose. Um, he wears a holy symbol of Timora, the goddess of fortune, around his neck. This is Omendron. Or if you want his full name, Ominifus Harroward Drawn. Um, with no introduction, you know that this is the CEO of Acquisitions Incorporated because he walks in and stands directly in front of that portrait which hangs on the wall in the conference room behind him. Um, he looks just like the picture. Now, he just starts speaking. He doesn't introduce himself. He doesn't ask for your names. He just says, thank you for answering my call so quickly. Um, when the earthquake struck the city two days ago, the damage was pretty limited, but a sinkhole opened up and a fissure beneath an abandoned warehouse in the dock ward sort of happened and a couple of city watch guards went in to investigate and never came out. Um, they're feared dead. The city watch has asked me to take over the investigation. Uh, my schedule's sort of complicated at the moment, so I'm delegating that job to you. Um, as an experienced adventuring group, such as you are, I have no doubt you can handle the task. 
All right. So that then sounds fair enough, straightforward. He enough. drops a hefty bag of coins on the table. Um, or dice in my case, because I don't have coins. Um, a whole hefty bag. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> and he says, the pay is 500 gold dragons for the group. Uh, 20% commission, of course, going to Acquisitions Incorporated as the broker. Um, but I figure that's a fair price for a group as um, experienced as you are. I just need you to go to the warehouse. It's next to Jolly's Lamp Emporium down by the docks. Tell the guards there that I sent you and explore the fissure. If you can figure out what happened to the guards, that would be great. And come back to me with the signed city watch papers saying you completed your investigation. Then you'll be paid. So the the bag of gold is like the retainer or something like that? Or is it just to show that it's there, then he's going to take it back? Are you asking that? Because he just dropped a bag of gold on the table, basically. Right. With like, 500 well, gold pieces, which locally in Waterdeep are called gold dragons because they have dragons on them. Oh. So we have to return with a signed City Watch document. Yep. All right. He says, thank you again. I know not your entire organization whole group could be here, but with your experience, I'm sure two of you will be fine. Thank you so much. I'm sure you know your way. And he just walks out of the room. All right. So like look over with my like cheeks like totally puffed out with like <laughs> stuffed olives or something. <laughs> like looking over at the bag of gold. I will uh, step towards the bag of gold, reach out towards it, look at Duck, look back at the bag of gold, hand hovering near it, looking at Duck looking over at it <laughs> kind of like very 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 much in a Zach Galifianakis from the hangover moment with the equations flying past my face <laughs> of uh, eh. <laughs> if I had a console it might the screen might be blue with a little frowny <laughs> face on it <laughs> as I'm stuck between do I take it or do I leave it and that's kind of where I'm stuck. I'm still mouthful, just gonna be like, grab it, big guy, let's go. And with that, I'll snatch it up. All right, so you try to grab the bag, mm. but you find that it's stuck fast to the table. And when you touch it, a magical voice rings out. Per contract, gold is awarded upon submission of required forms signed by City Watch. I'd like to see how fast this bag of gold is stuck to this table. Okay. Um, just purely out of curiosity. Okay. Just to see where we're at with that. So you're making a strength check? Yeah, because okay. I'm, I'm, I've tried to lift it, mm -hmm. and this ethereal voice said, you can't have it till you bring this back. Right. And there's going to be, you know, Carl's uh, knees sort of bend, his hips sink into it, and you hear the servos and the hydraulics straining with a... As he tries to really, really put his uh, might into it to see sure. what happens. That's with the whole table by the bag. Yeah. <laughs> Two of the floor stones. With me on the table. All right. So that is a 19. Yeah. I mean, basically that you grab the bag, you're like lifting, the table starts to tilt, the food starts sliding towards the end of the table. Um, and then there's a puff of smoke 
in the room. And as the haze disappears, as you're still like gripping onto this bag, which does not seem to be moving, um, a handsome figure steps forward. <laughs> um, and he moves to stand a little bit left of where Omen was. And he's wearing glasses because he thinks he's in disguise. But the problem is where he's standing. Um, it's pretty obvious who this is. Um, <laughs> this is Jim Darkmagic, one of the head people in Acquisitions Incorporated under Omendron. And he says, I know when you know, don't worry about it. But I couldn't help but notice you seem a little flustered <laughs> as you're like still holding on to this bag. So I want to say that the table is lifted up a few inches from the ground and it's a big, heavy mahogany wood sort of whatever table. It's not a slouch folding table. Right. This is a fancy rich people table. It's a boardroom conference table. Right. Yeah. And it's being held aloft from one end with the, the food sliding and you have duck like scrambling to get some of the boiled <laughs> prawns or whatever yeah. as they slide past. <laughs> I mean, you know, free scrimps. Let's, yeah. let's not fuck around. Nobody's going to shake hands and Carl will look up at this apparition and blink twice and let it go, letting the table fall to the ground with a thump. Okay. And just at that point, kind of step back as in a, oh, I understand gesture. I need to, you know, I know what I need to do to get this lawfully. I was just curious about it because it was a curiosity. You know, I couldn't lift it off of there with a casual lift. What happens if I really give it a, you know, a good try? And I found out. And you see that um, Jim, like, takes his hands out from under his cloak as he does with a flourish. You can see he has a wand on either hip. Um, and he uh, gestures dramatically and says, Jim's mage hand, and, like, catches the food before it falls onto the floor <laughs> um, and scoots it back onto the table. I love how Star Trek it is, where like the head honchos see to everything, even the finest <laughs> minutiae of day-to-day -day business. The, the the grand high doodahs see to all the little details. Indeed. <laughs> I know that Omen just offered you work, um, and I also have the feeling that you might not be the adventurers he thinks you are. Carl will raise one mechanical eyebrow <laughs> and cross his arms in a very like, oh, really? You see, there was supposed to be this party that was supposed to get this magic sending message spell thing to invite them to come handle this quest. And I think someone forgot to do it. Um... <laughs> Something and then somebody told the secretariat when you guys wandered in that maybe you were those people. And um, so you want my advice? It would just be, you know, this is a great opportunity. He doesn't know. And, you know, by time he figures it out, if you've just finished the quest, then you'll be in a great position. Okay. So that makes more sense. So instead of a very umbrage taking oh really we're not the adventurers you think we are kind of response then carl will get what he's saying instead of arms crossed and a hmm, b-boy kind of stance <laughs> it, it's more of a point and uh where you do the whole 
nose thing that people do from antiquity to indicate I get what you're saying. Yeah. I smell what you're stepping in, as Jess said earlier. I smell what you're stepping in. <laughs> Picking up what you're putting down. So if you've ever heard, you know, the phrase opportunity knocks, just consider this opportunity heading to your door with a battering ram. Um, you know, just don't stand in that doorway, friends. That's all I'm saying. Let opportunity smash its way in. Don't worry about how this happened. It's going to work out. <laughs> so I'll favor Jim with one uh, finger pistol and a wink. Trying to emulate the wink of his that I've seen on various advertisements since coming into the city. <laughs> he says, ah, my signature. And he reaches in his pocket for a random thing. And you see he writes Jim Winks on it. And he is going to give you... <laughs> so many cool little Easter eggs. It's like a video. Gives <laughs> <laughs> you this. What? <sighs> no. Dang. So it's one of his signature spells, not one that obviously already exists. Um, what is the scroll that he gives you? He gives me a scroll of Jim's magic missile. Not a spell that you need to worry about otherwise. This is Jim's magic missile. Oh. Very different than regular magic missile. <laughs> um, would you like to read the description for Jim's magic missile? Any apprentice wizard can cast a boring old magic missile. Sure, it always strikes its target, yawn. Do away with the drudgery of your grandfather's magic with this improved version of the spell, as used by none other than the legendary, the one, the only, Jim Dark Magic. You create three twisting, whistling, hypoallergenic, gluten-free darts <laughs> of magical force. Each dart targets a creature of your choice that you can see within range. Make a ranged spell attack for each missile. On a hit, a missile deals 2d4 force damage to its target. If the attack roll scores a critical hit, the target of that missile takes 5d4 force damage instead of you rolling damage twice for a critical hit. If the attack roll for any missile is a 1, all missiles miss their targets and blow up in your face, dealing 1 force damage per missile to you. There's some things that can happen at higher levels, but we'll jump off that bridge when we get to it. All right, so that's your signed spell scroll. Um, something to understand about corporate spells like this one is they do have a cost associated with them. So normally scrolls are a free way to cast a spell. Mm -hmm. um, this one's cost a little bit of gold as a component <laughs> for them, you know, just so that royalties get to the right place. Of course. All right, um, these are the general rules for spell scrolls and what the modifiers are and stuff like that. So you have that for your reference. But now you guys have that signed scroll. So there's another dramatic, like, purplish cloud of smoke. Mm -hmm. And as he steps back into it, he says, I recommend visiting the intern room. Maybe you'll get a little extra help that you need there. Up to you. You can go it alone. Just remember, opportunity. And he disappears. Mm -hmm. The intern room. Into a cloud oh. of smoke. Hmm. I would like to see if my scanner works. Okay. Because Carl 14 was a high-ranking, prominent member of a prestigious elite guard where he's from. Mm -hmm. And he had far more abilities and was 
vastly more combat effective. But after traveling through the portal, he finds himself at a much reduced level of combat effectiveness. Sure. So when he acquires any new items of a magical nature, he'll try to scan them to see if it unlocks an ability in his arsenal. So I don't know if that's something that would work with a scroll that he could add to that or something like that, where some sort of little launcher would pop out of a shoulder compartment and shoot these magical darts or whatnot or not or whatever. But I want to see what happens with that. So it's not an item that requires attunement um, that you would normally incorporate, but it is definitely something, it's hard to say how this would manifest out of your form, but either of you could hold and use the scroll um, as written. Basically, you're gonna be reading a spell phonetically because you're not magic users and hoping for the best. But the item itself doesn't seem to match in that way. So upon initial scan, or hold the scroll up, a little chest crystal. That is the, like, uh, two little crystals on his chest decoration. Send beams out that scan the scroll. It comes back with a, a null type of value. It just doesn't recognize it as an attunable, upgrade, unlockable item. Right. So, so Carl, it's kind of a piece of paper, really. And he understands that he could read it and do this stuff, but he's like, this isn't really my jam. So I'll look over at Duck, look down at Duck, <laughs> without looking down at Duck, just well, Duck, literally. still on the table? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amongst the um, straightened out platters of food. I mean, Waterdeep <laughs> is basically the red lobster of Berlin, <laughs> so it's a lot of all-you-can-eat shrimp and yeah, like... Yeah, Duck's like meaty yeah. and cheddar bay biscuits. Yeah. Cool. So <laughs> look over at Duck and toss the scroll over their way and, you know. Yeah. And well, add it to your. I will. I'll take a quick look and. Pouch yep. inventory. Shrug <laughs> and tuck it in my bag. Next to my bagpipes. Alright. So you guys have been given a task to go investigate this sinkhole fissure that's opened up in the dock ward. Um. But you've also been told you can visit the intern room on the way if you like. I think we should visit the intern room. What do you think? I also think we should visit the intern room. Okay, this is cool. You inquire about the intern room. A lower level secretary ushers you over there. Uh, along the way gets information about the type of intern you might be looking for. Um, and based on your description of wanting something, someone who can perhaps heal and have some spells at the ready, she says, ah, a druid sounds like just what you need. And she takes you to one of the many interns says druid on the door. When you open it up, there are two humanoids inside um, playing a game of chess. It seems like waiting for something to do. It's sort of set up almost like a daycare. There's like little <laughs> games and and nap areas and stuff for them to just hang out until they get selected for something. Um, but you do see two humanoids in there. You may select one of them to go with you. Um, one of them is a like tall, well-muscled male humanoid with blue skin and reddish hair. It, everything he wears is like gleaming and 
kind of ocean themed, like seashells are a common motif. He has sort of like pointed elf-like ears, but they're a little like fin-like. And he greets you with a gracious bow. Um, the other one that is playing chess in this room um, is a small brown tabby cat humanoid. Um, she gives you a charming smile um, and you notice that she has bright purple eyes. And the lower level secretary turns to both of you and says, well, these are our available druids at the time. I can give you paperwork for either one of them um, and you can take them along with you on your, on your uh, work here today. Kitty! Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> Carl immediately points at the cat person <laughs> All right. says, we'll take this one. <laughs> oh, that one. <laughs> Alright, and so she um, steps up to you very delicately, silently almost. She says, oh, thank you so very much for picking me to go with you today. I'm so sick of being in this room. Oh my god, I love her. She's like, my name is Charm. I'm so happy to meet you both. <laughs> um, so let me... I'm gonna actually, Duck's gonna actually do that. Like, that's gonna be so happy. <laughs> Welcome to the party. If you die, I will ensure your remains make it back to your specified location. That sounds very nice of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> The poor other guy. He just, he reminded me so much of the journalists from uh, Saga that I was just like, I uh, just immediately don't like that guy. Because I just. He was a triton, so he's like a merman. I, and he talks like, like, right. um. Perfect. Thor, basically. Like, everything is way too fancy. Like, exactly. He's very fun. Yeah, exactly. I just didn't like those guys because their storyline was so boring. To be fair. I did like them because they were a couple in a society that was extremely homophobic, like punishable oh. by death type of situation. What, to what say is this from? Oh, a comic called oh, Saga. Okay. Which is awesome, by the way. And uh, yeah, the, the society that they're from is just horribly, horrifically homophobic. And. And they were, they had the courage to be a couple in that anyway. And they were a journalist and a photographer by profession, so they worked together a lot, but they were also a couple in a clandestine fashion. So I loved that aspect of their storyline. But otherwise, whenever I turn the page and it was them, I'd just be like, ugh, boring. <laughs> like, we gotta get the scoop and let's go <laughs> see the thing. And hey, what a fine hell of beans. And I just like, ugh, can I just skip to, okay, here's Marco and Alana again. Awesome. Or <laughs> Prince Robot and Dango and all that. Like, yes. Like, you know what I mean? The Will and Lion Cat, hell yeah. And, don't get me started if it was stock. <laughs> but the point is, I didn't like that guy because he reminded me of those journalist boring dudes from <laughs> the comic book. I'm going to say the duck gets like really excited because she's probably never seen... Uh, had, are, are they fairly common? Um, not in this area. You've seen a few in this city, but not very many. So I'm going to get really like excited. they're probably from somewhere else, yeah. And Because uh, I've seen cats before, mm -hmm. and I understand how you approach a cat. Yes. And so I'm going to go up and like let her smell my hand and then like try and pet her. All right, so when you lift up your hand to let her smell it, she like grabs it and gives it a little smooch. <gasps> oh my God, I get, I do, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I get real excited about that. 
and I love her. Oh my goodness. Alright, so. I have no idea what a Verdan looks like. I need to look that up. You're like a little goblin, but she has her like ears back together like a little ponytail kind of because they're pierced and they hold them back together. So you have really long floppy ears mm -hmm. with piercings that are tied back in a ponytail type of sitch. Well, my ears that are like, it's like yeah. the ears like back and they're like together. Uh -huh. It's like it's pierced like through them. Oh, like, hold to them hold back. them back. Okay. That is super cool. One of my favorite web comics was Goblins. Oh. One of the Goblins had oversized ears mm -hmm. and he tied them back like a ponytail because yeah. they were so huge. Otherwise, you, you appear vaguely Goblin-esque, mm -hmm. basically, except your skin is lighter. And greener. It's lighter greener. and greener. Mm -hmm. if I remember. Like jade colored. Like jade colored. Wow, you're yeah. actually really pretty. What's the. I'm a party goblin. Yeah, with the, that charisma score. Dang, okay. Oh. That's cool. Okay. So the secretary sees that you've made your choice and she's like, perfect. Let me give you the employee profile for Charm. Here you are. It's for your files. Okay, look. Let me hang on to that. Okay. And that. Okay. So you know what it costs to use that. Right. And this will go on top here. I think Randy's a documenter. <laughs> Actually, we'll that's get your, that. your spell pouch. Okay. All right. So um, that has all your information nice. about her. Oh, look how awesome she is. She's so cute. <laughs> so awesome looking. Oh, I love her. So her name is Brutal Charm, but she goes by Charm. That's a very, tabaxis have very um, descriptive names. They don't tend to have like names proper. Usually they're named for traits or after things that they like. Um, you'll notice it gives you some of her major traits there so that you can be aware of them as well as at the bottom, it gives you an idea of the types of spells or abilities you can ask her to use in your adventures. She's afraid of chickens. She is afraid of chickens. <laughs> so be aware of that, depending on, on who you choose for what assignment that could be potentially an issue. Love it. Your intern is selected. That's all done. Your assignment requires you both to head to the dock ward. Um, it's a maze of seedy tenements and rough streets full of rough looking folk and dark alleys. You can see that there's the occasional vendor stall that sells fish or street food. There are a number of taverns, places that sell like bait, uh, repair nets, that sort of thing. All very common in this area. Um, one stall in particular seems interesting as you walk by. It's up to you if you want to stop at it or not. Um, the little banner above the cart says maps and potions, P-O-S-H-U-N-S. Um, and you see a young, short-looking humanoid um, manning a table in front of the cart that has various, like, clay bottles on it. Hmm. Carl walks pretty much behind Duck, not next, not next to you. Mm -hmm. Just kind of following you around, right? Pretty much. So when you stop, he'll stop. When you go, he'll go, and all that kind of thing. Right. 
just for, for normal walking around type issue. Mm-hmm. If there's another situation that requires specialized reaction or response, he'll do his own thing. Yeah. But for just wandering around, he just kind of ambles around behind where you go. It's like taking a guy shopping. And I assume that um, Charm is going to be walking next to you and you might be chatting or whatever. But as far as this booth and whatever is concerned, I don't want to seem like I'm dumping it all on you, but, like, if you don't stop, he's not going to stop. Right. I don't feel like, I mean, potions and stuff, I don't think I'm super into that. No. Let's keep on going. Right. So moving past the stall, you, again, you're going through these streets that sometimes get more narrow and sometimes widen out. Um, in some places, the buildings have been built so high with just extra levels stacked on top of each other that it kind of darkens the street down below. And you find yourself in an area where you're continuing down these maze-like streets and you feel hands suddenly roughly shove the lot of you into an alleyway. Hmm. Well, I don't like that. And so as you kind of let your eyes adjust to the lighting in this little alley, you see um, a female form in a long sort of jacket with a, a rakish hat on her head um, and a another figure behind her. And let me pull this up to make sure I have the... They room. pushed all of us? Like they pushed Carl too? Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Because Carl weighs 420 pounds and is carrying 111 pounds worth of shit. Yeah. So they just shoved like 530 pounds plus the rest of our party into an alley, which kind of will give a a modifier to his combat threat assessment tactical HUD that he has in his vision. So the main figure... But in the long coat that you see standing in front of you as your eyes adjust, you can see that the eyes under the brim of that hat are glowing with a strange light. And as she um, takes off her hat and kind of tosses it aside to be ready for whatever is to happen next, you see a skeletal face underneath that hat. And the figure speaks and says, all right then, your money or your lives. So, you know, let's just get on with it then. So Carl is uh, incapable of feeling fear. He can register threat assessments and so on, mm-hmm. but he, he just literally cannot feel afraid of anything. So he weighs, in a very mathematical sense, the 39 gold that he has in his pouch that he's amassed over his months wandering the roads and all that time invested. And, and, and also controlling for the sunk cost fallacy. Right. And, and so on. Again, all of these mathematical things happening in his little HUD that he has. Of whether he should defend himself and his party against this thing. Or just hand over the gold, and that would be the more practical solution. Like, there you go. Go away. And while he's weighing all of this, he's also looking over at Duck and 
and charm to see what their reaction is lean, what, what, what direction their reaction is leaning um I'm trying to think like because I know I'm like new to everything right so am I like do I realize like this is not a bad this is not a nice person like we're, they're trying to for um, us, or my, like I'm not. If you have Arcana or Religion, mm-hmm. you can make one of those rolls to take a look at this figure. All right. Mm, okay. So I'm gonna roll a D20 plus whatever that is, right? Mm-hmm. It's been a minute since I've done this. Can I make that roll too as part of the like yeah. assi- combat assessment sure. sort of thing? I got okay, ten. We'll do Arcana. I have okay. four, so ten is good enough to let you know a couple of things. Okay. Um. This is obviously some sort of undead creature. Like, you know skeletons aren't normal creatures to be walking around. Right. Um, And you don't know how exactly this skeleton is the way that she is, Um, but you know that even with, like, normal necromancy and that sort of stuff, it's not typical to be able to raise a skeleton that can, like, talk and seems to have intelligence and that sort of thing. So there's some weird magic going on here Mm. that's making the skeleton gang leader or whatever um, that can assault you. But no, she doesn't, she definitely seems to be just a bandit of some kind if you're looking at it as far as intentions or whatever. But this is strange magic you haven't seen before that's made a talking skeleton. Okay. I don't feel like, I mean, I don't feel like I'm super threatened because I'm with Carl. And I'm just like, I'm pretty okay myself, too, so I don't feel like I'm super threatened. I'm more, like, really curious and fascinated by, like, what is this person or this okay. thing. Right. Got it. So, based on Duck's reaction, the person said, your money or your life. Duck seems to be in a very, like, I'm not threatened by you. I'm not paying you anything. So that means the answer to the money or life question is no money, then that means it's lifetime. Okay. So based on that, he's going to have to arm himself. So a compartment in his forearm will slide open, and what seems to be a, a chain of links descends from it and clatters to the floor in an almost unending spill. And it's really a almost an arrowhead looking segmented sort of linked chain of blades that as soon as a sufficient length drops out snaps into a great sword and flings itself into his hand and now he is armed and he's ready to charge at this target okay. which is what he's going to do at the earliest opportunity all right i need everyone to roll initiative please Oh, I got a one. <laughs> I'm like, no, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's okay. I got a 19. So. <laughs> Together? <laughs> oh, I forgot to have combined. So five, I guess, but it doesn't really make a difference. No, I was going to say. Yeah. Initiative oh, bonus. Do a plus four. Oh, that's right, because your dexterity is 18. Yeah. Alright, so let's see. I need a couple <sighs> of these. That's awesome. Um, Dexterous. Dexterity. For the win. Yes. Carl14, you get to respond first. 
in this encounter. Right. What would you like to do? Carl is a big, hulking, lumbering, slow-looking machine. Okay. And so when he moves with an almost blinding speed, it is quite alarming. I was not expecting that wall of metal and shiny blood-looking wood to move with that kind of alacrity. So when he crosses the intervening distance in two or three swift strides to close with our aggressor, it's like, holy crap, (laughs) that dude just blinked over there almost. (laughs) And take a mighty slash with his greatsword at the undead construct. Okay. Let's see. What are we dealing with here? Okay, here we go. Great sword. All right. 16 to hit. That will hit. All right. I need 2d6 plus 4 for damage. All right. And that is 14 damage. Okay. All right. So you... This skeleton creature says your money or your life um, and not getting any indicator from your friend that you should do anything else you take out your sword and slash brutally across this creature um, which seems to almost explode into bits of bone and various things the head rolls slightly away from you saying well that's quite odd then and uh <laughs> You see the two other bandits that were with her, not undead, regular old humans, it looks like, kind of move in to close that gap, looking a little unsure. But it looks like the skeleton may be out of commission with the the strength of that blow. All right. And as a bonus action, with my belt pouch of caltrops, I would like to drop caltrops around me. The caltrops deploy automatically um, from a compartment uh, on the the side of what would be your hip. And um, you all notice the kind of luminous, magical glow of the skeleton's eyes, like, dim and fade. And then it's Duck's turn. So, Duck, Um, you see this skeleton has been exploded into bits. The light goes out, but there are two human bandits still standing in your way at the entrance of the alley. I'm gonna fire off an arrow at one of them. Okay. All right. Yeah. Plus six, so 19. Okay, yeah, that's a hit. Pew, pew, pew! You may roll your damage. All right, that's gonna be 1d6 plus four piercing. It's plus four, seven. Okay. I know you're a rogue now, and okay. it's tough, but it gets better. <laughs> All right, so, and this is a bow that you're using? Yes. Or? Okay. Yeah, it says I have a crossbow. A bolt, bolt. Yeah, sinks deep into the shoulder of one of these bandits, cries out an alarm, and then tries to stifle it as if he's not trying not to attract guards or other attention. Um, and then after Duck, it is the bandits. All right, so. Just to clarify our yes. tactical situation here, we were shoved into an alley, mm-hmm. which is narrow. Yes. And I'm assuming that we were back here like this. I would be first between them, especially because I charged up. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm, you know, you know, I'm between the other two guys yes. and my party members. Yes. And so 
if you're going to want to deal with them, you have to get through me. Yeah, Unless so you're ranged. The first thing <laughs> that the bandits have to do, because there are caltrops on the ground, is to roll to see if they can avoid them. Um, in this case, both of them failed. There are dexterity checks. Uh, there are dexterity saving throws, so they're each going to take one piercing damage. They're poor little feet. So one has a bolt and a hurdy foot, and the other one just has a hurdy foot right now. So you do notice it seems to slow down their movement a lot as they're like hobbling over these sharp bits. Um, so, <laughs> yep, <laughs> one of them is going to swing at Carl 14 with a scimitar. That will be a 11. Seems like a real bad move, buddy. Not quite. Okay. Um, and so he swings at you, but he's off balance with hurt foot and everything, and but he still makes contact. It just rings off whatever it is that's on the outside of you. Um, and you're not even really worried about defending at this point. He's standing there in a very Conan sort of pose with the great sword <laughs> in one hand over the, the head like this and the other hand out front in a very have-at-the type of <laughs> pose, right. feet wide apart. The one with the bolt in his shoulder tries to move past Carl to engage with you because you put a bolt in his shoulder. I bolted him. So Carl, I need you, nice. if you would like to, to make an attack of opportunity. I would love to make an attack of opportunity. Oh boy. <laughs> I would like nothing more than to make an attack of opportunity. This is just their basic melee, right? Yep. All right. Okay. Whoa. So I rolled an 18. Okay. So that's 24 to hit. Yep, that's that's a hit. A million to hit. A million and a half to hit. Is that regular damage or just whatever your weapon damage is? All right. Uh, eight plus four, twelve damage. Okay. So you cut down the bandit that's going after your friend. Um, and that is their turn. And then Charm kind of looks between the two. I mean, you don't see her uh, because you're in front of her. But she looks at you and you can see her look towards um, Carl. And she says, is there anything you need me to do? So as far as I'm concerned, he was in this one pose. He made the strike and the sword came around. So he's now in this other kind of pose, you know, because he's doing his sword forms and stuff like that. And he's just kind of in that mode and all his diagnostics are showing green so he doesn't respond at all okay. but I mean it doesn't mean the duck couldn't say anything like conjure food <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know that she has spells and stuff because it's in her profile but you also note that she I mean she has sharp kitty claws um, she does have a scimitar on her belt um, and you see on the other side is this like knobby club thing that she's carrying. Um, so she has some weapons if you want her to move in, but it's up to you guys. Got it. I think Carl would actually respond with a like, remain calm companion. Should they pass me, it will fall to you to defend Duck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, the defender. They're, <laughs> they're nice. They're nice. <laughs> we have to struggle to not make uh, Charm be from Kazakhstan. Yeah. So it's not Borat and Nick's in the bag. <laughs> All right, Carl, it is your turn. Oh, it's my turn again. 
Okay. Box of Great. Up. There's one bandit left. All right. Standing in front of you, because it's the one that swung at you and hit but did nothing. Um, he has a slightly hurt foot, but otherwise seems hale. All right, cool. If if Carl had a fully functioning ethesiometer, he would probably try an intimidate roll to allow this bandit the opportunity to run. But he's kind of in Terminator mode at this point. So really it's just threat neutralized, threat neutralized, one remaining threat. Strike again. Okay. Roll. Let's see if hopefully I don't botch this bad boy. Alright. Not the greatest of rolls. It's a 10 to hit. 10 will not make it. So even though the bandit's a little off balance um, with the hurt foot and all, as you take this giant swing with this great weapon, um, he leaps back towards the entrance, just barely making it out in front of the tip of that blade. It is Duck's turn. I shall load a bolt, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to shoot it at his face. All right. The bandit is engaged with one of your allies, if that makes a difference for any of your stuff as a rogue. Oh. Oh. Oh, it does. (laughs) I forgot I haven't played a rogue for a minute. Yeah. So you're still going to do your attack normally right now. But if it hits, your damage will be increased. Okay. Yes. All right. Oh, God. Sorry, bro. Um, I got nine. Luckily, the bolt doesn't go flying through the opening of the alleyway into the crowd beyond, Um, but it does hit one of the brick walls as you're trying to avoid hitting Carl, but still hitting the bandit, who's moving very quickly out of Carl's way. Um, And don't let me hit you in the face. Bandit's turn. Um, So I'm going to see if he's going to try to run away. All right, so the bandit lunges back in with his scimitar. That is a 21 to hit, Carl. That'll just barely get there. Okay. Bing! Um, so we are <laughs> I get to modify my hit points, I think, because he hit me. All right, so you take four slashing damage Whoa, from his yes. scimitar. Kick ass. Recorded. Um, and then Charm says, are you still good? <laughs> <laughs> Remain calm, Charm. Everything is under control. Okay. <laughs> well, all right, Dane. <laughs> <laughs> and it is Carl's turn. Charm is awesome. Because <laughs> the sword forms that Carl uses hold the great sword in one hand but it's always the kind of swing that you bring around with the flourish, and for the actual strike, you wield it with two, because it's a two-handed weapon. Yes. And it tends to switch from backhand to forehand kind of situation. So it comes from the back, it swings around, and comes down with great force with both hands. We'll see. Fancy. I mean, it comes down with great force with both hands. Whether or not it hits the guy, (laughs) that That remains to be seen. No. Oh, it's a nat one. Shit. It's a one. That's our first one of the. That's our first one of the game. <laughs> 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 All right. Though there's gonna be a prize. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So maybe it's a, a side effect of your dimensional travels. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but as you go for the swing, the scales of your sword loosen and come apart slightly and just kind of slap against the side of one of the walls nearby before you kind of like shake your hand a couple times and it reforms back into its sword form. It turned into a spike chain in mid-strike, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. That could have been real bad. And that's completely different. And just kind of flopped in a very impotent sort of way. Yeah, you went limp. <laughs> oh no. Right, and it is ducks. It happens to every warforged at some point. <laughs> I will, you see uh, that Carl's having some sort of malfunction currently. Yes. Um... How far away is this person from me? Um, he's probably about 10, 15 feet away from you. Oh, so I could run up and stab him in the face? You could do. There yeah. are caltrops, but you'd just make a save to move around them. What would my to. save be? It's a dexterity saving. Oh, throw. let's do that. Okay. True. The DC check is 15. Okay, so um, 12. Okay, you take one piercing damage from caltrops. Okay. As you move into the area. Okay. But then you can roll your attack now. Okay, so I get past those, okay? Mm-hmm. And then I can try and yep. stab him. With you take one Four. piercing damage from the, the Legos. That's on my, my hit points? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, 20. Okay. Yeah, that's a hit. The, uh, the gentleman's 20? Yes. What's the gentleman's 20? When it adds up to 20 instead oh. of just rolling 20 on the What's die. What's the lady's 20? That's up to you. That's up, yeah. I don't know that we've covered That could that. be a crit if you want. That could be. <laughs> uh, the, the queen's 20. The queen's 20. Oh, yeah, let's do yeah. the queen's um, 20. He's still engaged by your companion, though, if you're doing your sneak attack. Oh, oh, yes. All right, so 12? Okay. So, yeah, um, Carl's flicking this floppy sword around, <laughs> and you run up past him out, out, out on the caltrops <laughs> and just... Ow, ow. Go up and stab this bandit who's hell-bent on taking you guys down and not running away for whatever reason. Um, And as you do that, you look around and you can see, like, kind of in the distance, like, the shapes of other humanoids, like, running off, scattering when it looks like this isn't working to their advantage. Maybe that there were backups Uh, that would have come into the alley. uh So it looks like, at this point, that... Everything is clear, and things kind of go back to their pleasant springiness um, that they were before. You have completed this encounter. Is there anything you'd like to do before you leave the alley and move on with your quest? I want to kind of go through their robes and stuff. Sure. Okay, cool. And specifically, I want to like kind of check out that bony bitch. Mm. Yeah. See what's up with her. So. You, I just feel like I'd be really curious about it. I'm like, oh. Yeah, you you definitely know some sort of weird magic was used there, but you're not seeing much sign of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but amongst her items, you do note that she had some decent belt pouches with some things in there. So in her belt pouches, you find a potion of healing. Okay. Ten gold pieces. Okay. And the bones of four of her toes that look like they have fallen off um, at some point, and she kept them because you think perhaps she was once rather attached to them. Uh. <laughs> I'm probably going to keep those. Those sound pretty exciting. I might try and eat one. Should ab- absolutely hang on to those. So ten, so ten gold. Mm-hmm. So and a potion of healing. I will. Um, so the um, charm is our employee. Yeah. 
She's an intern. So are we paying her? Like, how does that work? Um, she is an intern of Acquisitions Incorporated. Oh, so they pay her. Yeah. Well. So, well, <laughs> she, you're not sure if she's a paid intern or okay. not, but yes, but you're not required to pay her. That's not the expectation. Okay. Then I'll, I'll split the gold with my, uh, homeboy. All right. So you each have five nice. gold pieces That's cool. added to your gold inventory. I know. And can he use a, a healing potion? He can use potions. Okay. Just like other humanoids can. I'll give that to him too, just because it seems like he's going to take more damage than I am. Okay. Nice. But I'm keeping the toe bones. Fair enough. I'll try to scan the potion to see if it uh, has any effect. Like perhaps there's some sort of potion deployment kind of thing or whatever. Or maybe you just have to smash it into your face. (laughs) Who knows? He doesn't know how this works. He understands on a fundamental level what it does. Right. But he doesn't know how it incorporates into his particular system. He has to scan it. So scanning it, you get the idea that given time, you could probably learn to incorporate it in a a more intrinsic sort of way. Um, But for now, until you have time to do that, um, smashing it upon oneself is the best method to get it onto your hurt parts. Which is just phenomenal. You just take it out of your pouch and smash it against you. And you keep fighting. That's so dope. (laughs) Sorry, that is just so cool. You don't chug it or anything. Just take it out and (laughs) smash it against your chest and you're like, bring it! That's what <gasps> Right, yeah, yeah. Maybe you make like a barbarian-esque kind of battle cry. Yep. Added to the inventory, I added five gold. First of all, I'm going to recoil my greatsword. So this time, willingly, it falls into a spiked chain sort of configuration. And it recoils back into my forearm. Chink, 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 chink. And the compartment in my forearm closes and now he's just basically not carrying any weapons it would seem and then I need to reload my caltrop deployment compartment with yeah do you have to pick all those things up every time no I don't think he would do that. He just has He's leaving him in the alley. Some caltrops. Danger alley. I you know, like I said, unless there's any kind of external indicator where he's reloaded, reloading his thing and then closing the compartment while the others are just sitting there, unless someone he gives a shit about is like, you're just going to leave those there? What if a kid runs through the alley or something? He it does not even register. He doesn't even notice. He has no idea that that's even a concern. Right. Due to his broken, his burned out, the theseometer. I don't know if I'll pick him up, but I might just, like, you know, kind of scooch him over to the side. <laughs> Sweep him up. Yeah, I have a little broom I carry <laughs> just for this. Pick, God damn it, Carl. Pick up the cat and slap her. So her belt or her tail, like, bottle brushes. And <laughs> use it as a broom. Sweep it inside. She's all, ooh, ginky. <laughs> yeah, is that on her... Uh, her page, yeah, into a little... Uh... Broom. <laughs> Morphs into a broom. <laughs> so exiting the alley yes. after defeating this creature and her bandits mm-hmm. um, and taking her goods, likely ill-gotten, you continue 
through the dock ward towards your destination. Mm-hmm. Um, no one even really seems to look at you in any such way as you leave an alley. It seems like most people are trying to like mind their own business in this like area. Yeah. So you continue down the street, again, past some taverns, um, some fishmongers and that sort of thing. Um, and as you're walking along, you see an old male human. He's hobbling up the street. He has a long staff. It's bearing most of his weight. Um, he has a wrinkled up old face. Looks like he's lived a lot of hard years in poverty. And he's like passing along the other side of the street. And he kind of looks over at you guys, sees you. He gives you a big old grin with only a couple of teeth, like, look at you over there, you know? Um, And he opens his mouth as if he's gonna call out to you something across the street. But then you see a pair of meaty gray arms emerge from an alley entrance that he's walking in front of and yank him into the darkness. What the fuck? Where the fuck are we? (laughs) Uh, We're in water deep. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to go check that out. Cool. Yeah. It makes absolutely no difference to Carl whatsoever. <laughs> so you're following. He's just walking along behind you, and if you're like, holy shit, that's fucked up, he's like, oh, apparently that's fucked up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I say, holy shit, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and I point like that. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh. Nice. All right, so following that way, you can see that the old man has been pulled roughly into an alley by a pair of female humanoids. One is a gray-skinned dwarf. She's wearing scale mail that's like black looking. Um, And uh, she has like a shield on like that you see is leaned against the wall mm-hmm. of the alley because she's not using it right now. She's just grabbing him. And you, it looks like she's starting to like threaten or question him or something like that. The other humanoid is a tall red-skinned woman with um, curling horns that sprout from her finely coiffed hair. And when she looks up and sees you, she goes, meld, and starts booking it down the other side of the alley. Um, the dwarf woman with the gray skin stops what she's doing, kind of drops the old man who clatters to the, the cobbled ground of this alleyway. And she looks up at you and she says, only one of us can have a may. And she takes out her weapon. Jeez. What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what would you guys like to do? You said, holy shit, that's fucked up. They just, like, grabbed that old man. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to help him, basically. Yeah. Right? So that's what Indeed. I'm operating on. Okay. And so when she says, when the dwarf says, like, we'll take him or you can take him, And it's like, I don't know what's going to happen if you take him. But I know if we take him, he'll be okay. So that's the only way that things can go right now. So it is decided Mm -hmm. that we will take him, not you. But Carl's going to try to talk to uh, this dwarf and express that, that emotion. Uh, you know, because she says only one of us can have him. So he'll say, 
give him to us and there will be no trouble. But he doesn't have any weapons out or anything right now. Yet. Are you trying to intimidate? Yeah, sure. Why okay. Not? Intimidation 12. You see it. The dwarven woman's face is set firm as she grips her war hammer. But with you looming in the entrance of the alleyway over her, she seems to lose some of that resolve. She says, Look, I just heard he could get us better information. Let me go. I'll leave him alone, at least for now. Carl will, uh, as the compartment slides open and the links of sharpened chains start to slide out of his wrist with the other hand pointing out at it, he'll nod at her very slightly, as in, I mean, let him go and run away. We won't chase you. Or, you know, hang on to him and stand your ground. And so she already dropped him. Oh, yeah. all right, cool. So if it looks like you're, like, nodding her off. Yeah, it's going to nod in agreement. She slowly reaches out to grab her shield. All right. Snags it, turns around and, like, trundles off <laughs> down the same way that the tiefling woman ran earlier the other side of the alley. Um, and the old man looks up at you from where he is on the ground and grins. Oh, look at you. You're a fine little man, aren't you there? <laughs> yeah. I want to go um, up to him. Okay. As I Uncomfortably re- close. Recoil the the sharpened links back into my <laughs> Right. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, and I'm just, I'm, I feel like I have an affinity for old people. Mm. And I like him, and I'm very curious and touchy-feely. Right. And so I'm just like, I, but I want to know what information they were looking for. Are you asking him that? Yeah. Just, I had stew for breakfast. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> I like it. <him>. There's <laughs> fish in that ocean to add fish in my stew. But what did the dwarf want? I have seen a lot of dwarves, and sometimes they're taller than you expect. Can I roll perception to see if I think he's full of shit or sure. if, like he's you actually? Roll insight, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. or yeah, insight. I don't know. Well, that's not great. Uh, twelve. He doesn't seem to be trying to lie to you or anything. Mm-hmm. He seems like a sort of addled old man like maybe he's not all quite there and he keeps talking to you about fish and dwarves and stew and uh, you I don't know if you introduced yourself or not um, but uh, you know he's just having a great time talking to you and then suddenly you can see his face gets really serious and it's almost like his eyes start to focus Mm -hmm. and his voice changes and he says their plans are afoot their staff are ready. The balance sheets are totaled and the total is grim. They mean to bring an end to all things. You must seek the magic. Only you can stop them. Only you and... Did you know that there's also sometimes squirrels <laughs> on the roofs? I've seen them up there. It's pretty far. Ooh. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Meanwhile, Carl is nodding. Yeah, and they're married sometimes, and it's great. Because <laughs> Carl likes the squirrels, apparently. Oh, now I feel like Carl's like Lenny. He's like going around, like, 
he's like Conan, Iron Giant, Lenny. Yeah, you know, he's not like emotionless <laughs> and stuff like that. He just like squirrels. Just has no way of like, you know. <laughs> Is there any? Um, so when he did that, did it seem like he's like sneakily trying to be like? Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, guys, this is what's really going on. Blah, blah, blah. Or is it like he had a moment of clarity and now he's back in? Yeah, it seems like he had a moment of clarity or even a vision. Um, looking at his robes, I'll let you make a perception or investigation your choice. Oh, I have a queen's 20. Oh, delighted. It's a queen's 20. And then you said, uh, I'm going to do investigation. So okay. 27. Yeah. Tell me everything there is to know about this guy. Now, at first he just looked kind of like a weathered, kind of tattered, homeless Mm -hmm. old dude. Um, But looking at his robes, you can see that it's likely he's actually a priest um, of a deity known for prophecy and foresight and things like that. Okay. Um, And it seems that although maybe in his age and in his condition he's not quite all there, he seemed to have a moment of clarity where he was touched by his deity and granted some sort a vision of things to come. So, is it, with, since we have the druid with us, yeah, is there anything like that as a healer she can do to like kind of help clear his mind up a little bit, or is that not in their wheelhouse? Like, let me see what I can do. <laughs> and so she goes up to him and she like touches his face and he like looks at her and he goes goose and touches, touches <laughs> oh my her God. head. <laughs> Um, and her purple eyes glow uh, with lavender light for a moment. Um, and you can see that he sort of seems calm and peaceful. She says, I think it's mostly old age, but I, I have given him a little bit more comfort, perhaps. Well, that's nice, at least. But so he's not any more clear at all. He's right. just a little more yeah. happy about the squirrels. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything you want to do, Carl? Fourteen. Um, no. I mean, you're talking to this dude. I laughed at the squirrel thing. <laughs> and that's about it, really. I want to go like put him somewhere, like sure, at an inn or something. Like I don't, I don't know if Waterdeep has a condolence home. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will let you go ahead and make a roll. I'd be okay with either investigation or religion. Uh, investigation? Twelve. Okay. That's well enough. Um, since you were able to identify kind of his robes and likely his source, um, asking around, because you're a very friendly creature. That's true. Um, you are able to be pointed to a local temple that seems to be matching in uh, okay. his garb and things like that. And you can see, like, young priests and priestesses, like, running out, like, oh, Cal... I'm so sorry. Thank you for bringing him back to us. He does like to go for walks among the populace. Can I ask one of them? Sure. Kind of like about what he said. Sure. So you kind of like quote back what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah. Let's see like, if they have any idea what. Say, oh, well, Cal is a powerful seer. Um, it may have damaged some of his normal functions, but if he went into that state, whatever he said it will likely come to pass. I would take it as seriously as you can, although it doesn't seem very specific. And do I feel like they're they're pretty much telling the truth, or they're you not You can roll insight. I do want to roll insight. I shall. I shall roll insight. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, crumb. Oh, 
crumb. A uh, 14. Yeah, I mean, they seem sincere. They really do seem to, like, dote on him and, and treat him very carefully. Okay. Like, he is valuable. But they thank you profusely. All right. Do you move on, then? I think so. All right. So, continuing down to the location that you're looking for, you spot it. Jolly's Lamp Emporium is an unassuming ramshackle shop in the midst of other unassuming ramshackle shops, including the collapsed warehouse next door that you are supposed to be investigating. You can see the people in the nearby shops are peering warily through their curtains and blinds um, as you approach. And you can see that there are three members of the Waterdeep City Guard standing in front of the collapsed warehouse, seemingly guarding it, waiting for someone to arrive to investigate. A heavily inebriated halfling stumbles down the street past you and gives you a little, like, wink and a nod as he <laughs> stumbles by, little pistol hands. Um, and you don't see anyone else on the street otherwise. Just these guards, the drunk halfling, and the people kind of suspiciously peering at you from their windows. Um, the collapsed Warehouse looks something like this. Um, so you can see it, there's oh, a sinkhole that's kind of swallowed <laughs> the floor a bit. Um, they've already connected a way down because, as you know, two city guard folk um, have mm. already been down into the hole to investigate. They just have not come back up. Right. And so these three are currently standing guard um, at the site, making sure no one enters who is not appropriate to do so. Um, are we going into that shop, or do you want to check that out? Mm, yeah. Uh, it sounds interesting. I, I mean, there. couldn't hurt. The lamp so, shop? Yeah. Like I said. I feel like they wouldn't have mentioned it if there wasn't something. If it if it's not like a tactical combat sort of situation, mm-hmm. I just kind of follow your lead as far as like, what do you do when you're mm-hmm. navigating anything that doesn't involve, you know, Smashing or slicing or whatever. <laughs> All right. So, taking sort of a, a turn, not going up to the guards directly, um, you pop into Jolly's Lamp Emporium. Um, there is a short, very round half orc standing behind the counter. Um, it's rough hewn from driftwood, it looks like, or old hulls of ship that were broken down in the dock. And you can see that there are exactly six lamps in this lamp shop of various quality. Oh. And as you walk in and the bell on the door goes clank, clank, he sort of looks up, he's like, there's lamps, and you want lamps. <laughs> Wow. Um, are they like, because uh, we're going down in a dark place and I don't have dark vision. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, is there something that we could take with, like, uh, any appropriate lamps for the place we would be going? Yeah, of the six lamps, mm-hmm. it does look like one of them is in decent enough shape that it could be used effectively as a light source. How much is it? And is it, so you ask him how much it is? We have like, a quick set on shit. Or is and it he, like, thinks about it for a moment. He's like, five silver? I'll be like, how about three? All right, just coins and out. 
Okay. So we'll give him three silver and take the lamp. And uh, <laughs> is there anything else like around here? Like kind like there are now five lamps for sale. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, is it like an oil lamp or like what kind of a lamp? It is an oil lamp, and it does seem to be filled. Like he's like taking, trying to take your coin. He fills it up for you, and he's like, "All right, on your way." It's a weird place. It's a weird little lamp shop. Does it have like uh, this lamp? Is it like a lantern or just a lamp or like what kind of what sort of deal are we like looking a at? Genie here? lamp? Yeah, it's like a genie lamp. Have or I seen a lamp? It's more like um, lantern we have up front. So it's like a like a metal and glass contraption um, where an oil source can be filled at the bottom, and there's a wick that remains lit. The light shines out through the glass. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Seeing you purchase this, Carl's going to assess the situation and determine that he's going to need a pole for this lamp. So you carry it on the end of basically a selfie stick mm-hmm. that extends the radius. Yeah, they're usually like a pole with like a high. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. if it doesn't have one already, it's going to say to the shopkeep, I'm going to need a pole for this. And he looks up again from the nothing he was doing, and he rolls his eyes a little bit. And he goes, Feather, you find a pole in the back. And you see this little half elf like pops up from where she was sitting behind the counter. She's like, Sure, one sec. And she runs into the back, and there's the sound of some things falling and being shuffled and stuff like that. And then she comes back out, she's like, One of these? He's like, Sure. And it looks like what you want. He's like, just, just go, just get out of here. <laughs> and he waves you out of the shop, and she holds out the pole to you. Cool. I would like to attach the pole to the lamp. Okay. And carry it. I mean, it's not lit. Yeah. But I'll carry it. Because I can elevate it. You guys can make a a medicine or perception check if you want to. Make a perception check. Nine. Let's actually have decent perception. Alright. That is a 15. Alright. So you do notice that the half elf woman, apparently named Feather, um, when she comes out with the pole, like, and she's going to hand it to you, she does switch it to her other hand before she reaches her arm out. It seems like one of her shoulders doesn't have full range of motion. Hmm. Okay. Carl registers this information as data, and it files it away, but otherwise it doesn't make any sort of impact. Whereas a more moral person might go like, oh, they're apparently hurt. Maybe we should help them. Just <laughs> right over dude's <laughs> head. All right. So are you going to go see the guards at the warehouse, or is there something else you'd like to do before you go into the fissure? Let's go talk to the guards. All right. So heading out towards the trio, um, the, the woman, the elf, moves forward to greet you. It seems that she's the captain-based on her badge, and she says, it 
certainly took them long enough to send someone here to relieve us. Um, let's get this done so we can all move on with our day then, shall we? And she reaches into her kind of side pouch that she has and there's all these papers <laughs> in there and she's like, nothing but paperwork and signatures since the newest mass lords got seated on the council, but what can you do? And she pulls out one scroll and opens it and kind of squints and she says, ah, yes. And she turns the paper towards you, whoever wants to take it from her. And she says, um, they gave me the names of the whole team that might be coming. They did say it might not be everyone, but like I said, with the paperwork, I do need you to each initial by which ones you are. So we have a record of which adventurers came through um, from this adventuring party that I've heard so much about. But again, I don't really care, but paperwork, you know? Carl, reach out and take it. Look at it briefly and go, paperwork. Hand it over to Duck. <laughs> Hand it over slash down to Duck. Would you like to read it for our listeners, Jessica, or would you like me to read it? Oh, you. Would you like me to do so? Yes. It does say. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> the masked lords of Waterdeep do hereby authorize Acquisitions Incorporated to hire a team of experienced and trusted investigators to resolve the issue of the city watch members lost to the fissure in the docks ward. No persons other than the hired investigators shall be permitted to enter the area until the investigation is concluded. The investigators in question may include, attending investigators should initial next to their names, Osgood the Ugly, Carlotte Squeaky Wickle, Great Maul McTickleton, Lord Pompey Fugglestruck, Squinty Pip, Mad Hattie Flagon, Flippins Giverjaw. Upon conclusion of the investigation, this documentation shall be signed by the attending captain of the City Watch of Waterdeep and given unto the investigators that they may present it to the Waterdeep Office of Acquisitions Incorporated to receive payment for services rendered. And then there's a space for the signature of the captain and the seal of Waterdeep. Lovely. So this is our quest item. Right, and she has not signed it. She is asking you simply to initial by which of these adventurers you two are. All right. So they can identify which adventurers were here. And those are your options. Nice. So none of these guys are here, but I'm here. So Carl's going to hold it up in front of him. And his little scanner jewels are going to scan it and assess it and so on. And uh, I'd like to think that they could laser engrave it, kind of like if you ever got a dog collar at PetSmart sort mm -hmm. of situation, <laughs> instead of signing it with ink and quill or whatever, it's just going to make a little X in the line with Carl 14 printed next to it and his little stamp of his uh, his signature next to it. Right. So she sees so, you do that and she says, I do understand why you might want to change your name from one of these, but I do need you to initial next to the one that you represent from the official party um, granted to be here. Oh, that and we I'm represent. Kind of, yeah. Carl's utterly incapable of lying. Yeah, I'm going to see what's <laughs> so going on just gonna here, hand so I'm going to take it over. I'm just going to kind of do that. Like, like, Carl, they need your given name, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be like, I'm just going to pick one, which is going to be uh, Squinty Pip. Okay. Which is obviously appropriate. Yes. And uh, I'm like, next, here, here's where you sign. 
Well, then you can sign it. I mean, why not? Do I have to exit? Does he have to exit his own name? You can initial it for him if you want. Like, Like where you're like, no, this one, silly. Squinty Pip. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh Squinty uh, Pip, make doodle balls. Osgood the Ugly, obviously. I'll look at Charm. Mm -hmm. Osgood the Ugly. And uh, Mad Hattie Flagon. Who else could we be? Very good. I did hear um, Osgood that... (laughs) And she turns to Charm. (laughs) Uh, She says that you were the leader of this fine company. Um, it looks like everything's in order. I'll hang on to this. As soon as your investigation is complete, I'll sign it off and you can be on your way. Excellent! So this updates Carl's memory banks in that it's totally okay to lie straight up <laughs> if it serves your best interests. So this informs his building morality database that he has. You're welcome. Now, <laughs> I do know you are investigating this. Did you have any questions before you wanted to head on down, or do you prefer yeah, to investigate uh, first? And it's this chick mm-hmm. right here. Let's see. The hot one. a dope-ass haircut. I know. Right? Into it. What's the deal with their badges? It's the city watch? Yep, so it's the seal of Waterdeep, and it says their ranks, basically, and their last name. So hers says Captain, um, and it identifies her as Truff mm. on it. Mm. Um, and the other two are both listed as just being like private rank, um, and it says Torval and Bosch. Huh. I don't want to ask her who we're looking for. Like, I know we're looking for members, but I mean, these three look really different, so. Right. What are the ones we're looking for look like? Ah, well, they will. Well, they should, assuming Mm. everything is still there. um, Have the tabard that we all wear and their badges. Um, The two that went down were Sergeant Ava Tesh and Constable Yander Boot. So, Tesh and Boot. They went down yesterday to make sure there was nothing dangerous in the hole that opened up and did not return. Rather than sending more watch into the hole, uh, the masked lords apparently outsourced the investigation to one of the local adventuring companies. Mm. Um, So as far as I'm concerned, I would love to know what happened to our fellows, Um, but the concern of the city is more that there's nothing dangerous left down there that could cause anyone else to have issues. All right, then. Just so you know, uh, Tesh is a human female. Um, Boot is, um, Constable Boot is a a shorter male human. So they're both humans. Yes. Um, I respect Tesh greatly. She's very capable. Boot, I could see getting scared and running into a wall, perhaps, and... He's not known for his bravery. He's no Tish. Um, But I'd be surprised if something could have taken Tesh down. She's not likely to be caught unaware. Okay. Fair enough. Shall we go down in the hole? Let's go down in the pit. All right, well, we are to remain here to guard until you find that everything is in order and safe. Um, I mean, besides being a giant gaping hole in the dark ward, obviously. Um, So we shall be here when you return. 
and we are not allowed to leave or have breaks or rest of any kind until you do so, so I do wish you safe and quick investigation. <laughs> She's fun. <laughs> and she sort of gestures towards the hole. Like I said, as you can see, there is already rope secured for descending down into it, but that is where we shall halt for this session, um, going down into the fissure. We climb into the pit. (laughs) Everybody, your cell phones in the air. (laughs) There's a rope down into the pit. (laughs) All right. So thank you so much for getting started into this new adventure. And thank you so much to our patrons. Um, As always, I've been your friendly dungeon master, Rainy. You can find me on Twitter, at BarbarianRainy. Or check the description for other places that I hang out on the internet. I'm Santiago. My links are in the doobly-doo. I'm Jessica. I don't have links. We're going <laughs> to fix that. <laughs> Until next time, everyone, spend your rage wisely. And make wise moral decisions.